You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 244, Pestilence. Hosted by Dan Terry. Yeah, no, you know, guys, go ahead and keep going. I'll be I'll be, be right back. And Joseph Wren. I didn't want to know that, but I'm glad you decided to tell me. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if your twisted truth is that Jimi Hendrix is not heavy metal, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Oh, man. It's time for Pestilence. This is a band that I really wish... Let's be honest. We all really wish Jeff was here. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Do you guys like eight-string guitars? I mean, yeah. Shouldn't you be listening to Mashuka then? Yeah, probably. Except for later on in the career of this band when they start playing eight-string guitars. <laughs> I think they I think they do eventually start playing eight-string guitars. Could be wrong about that. You know, if you're listening pestilence, you know, let, let us know. We'll, we'll we'll make a we'll make a redaction, you know. And then we'll be all like, "Hey, you should be on the show." And then they're like, "Oh, we're not going to be on your show not after what you said." Uh, <laughs> but you guys don't know what we're going to say just yet. So, uh, let's uh Let's talk about some pestilence, Joe. I wonder where this one came from. Then I heard the thrash. I heard the death metal. And is that a fretless bass I'm hearing? You do hear fretless bass uh, as we as we go a little further. Uh, this band, like a lot of uh, the early like proto death metal bands, I don't know if there were proto death metal bands. I just made that word up. But uh, you know, the band that starts off playing some really intense thrash metal. And then they just keep taking it to the next level, taking it to the next level. Before you know it, they are like full on Cookie Monster growling at us and uh, playing blast beats and getting in our face. And then, you know, they're happy with that for a while. And then they, you know, eventually decide, let's put some like more refinement into our music and make it jazzy. And hey, oh, my God, did you guys hear that Cynic record? We need to do that. Uh, so, you know, really, that's the whole discography discussion. Everybody have a great night. This is a good, great episode. We'll see you guys next time. Well, before Dan continues with his extreme unction, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts, TuneIn radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. If you leave us one, we will read it on the podcast. We'll actually read any review you give us on the podcast. I find them highly entertaining, positive or negative. And um, there's one thing to keep in mind. I, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, as far as reviews go, if you guys, you know, have a critique of the podcast uh, or, or a praise of the podcast, let us know. I, I want I want honest feedback. That's why we ask for these things. Uh, it isn't just to inflate our ego. I know we joke about it, but um, the feedback that we get from you guys is, is the only real measuring stick on what we can do to make the show better. So, uh, you know, keep those suggestions coming and we appreciate every single one of them. So, Dan, tell me about Pestilence. Pestilence is a Dutch death metal band. They have been around since the year of our Lord, 1986. <laughs> and of course, by Lord, I mean our Lord and Master from Down Under. Not from Australia, the other Down Under. Uh, <laughs> Pestilence kind of started as a uh, as kind of a thrash metal band, uh, but uh, kind of the more intense thrash metal 
Uh, something more in line with like early Sepultura, you know, like that really kind of raw and gutsy uh, thrash metal uh, with a little bit more of a kind of aggressive edge. Basically, what I'm saying is if you like bands like Slayer or Creator uh, or Se or early Sepultura, like Beneath the Remains or Schizophrenia, you're going to love Pestilence's first album. Uh, and as they go, they kind of start getting a little bit more finesse. They follow a very similar arc to bands like Death and bands like Cynic, whereas I don't think they necessarily ever achieved the greatness that those bands did achieve. I think if you're a fan of those types of bands and you haven't checked out Pestilence, they might be what you're looking for. This one lands in the same ballpark for me that the early Death albums do. Slayer, like Dan mentioned. But then there's this huge gap in the middle. I'm curious what happened from 1993 to 2009, but whatever the reason this band is still around, still putting out albums within the last few months. So here we are talking about Pestilence, a band that sounds like they were part of the thrash metal thing in the 80s or the death metal thing in the late 80s, early 90s. And they indeed were. Their first album, 1988's Malleus Maleficarium. I'm glad you said that, not me. Uh, <laughs> I'd have been like MM, you know, like the candy. Uh, this is, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay it out bare for you guys. This is some intense, techie, raw thrash metal. Maybe not necessarily raw, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's heavier. It's, it's got that, it's got more aggression than what you'd be getting out of some of the bands that were coming from the States, with the exception of maybe Slayer. Um, these guys were intense, heavy, fast but they had a finesse to their playing that make these songs interesting to listen to you know bands like metallica and megadeth during this time period were crafting really catchy songs like catchy thrash songs uh but they were doing it by incorporating more traditional means like sort you know semi-choruses lots of repetition Whereas Pestilence is interesting musically by staying true, kind of, kind of to thrash. Just, uh, just as fast as you guys, as fast as you can play. Vocalist is shouting in a hardcore punk sort of, uh, sort of delivery where he's basically just yelling. He's yelling into the mic, and he's yelling a lot of words really quickly, trying to keep up to the music. The uh, the the rule of the day was whoever gets to the end of the whoever gets to the end of the song first wins. And uh, Pestilence absolutely knocks it out of the park with a debut release. Because for a debut thrash band, I was expecting this to be like way, way worse than it was. <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like other bands third album or second album. This sounds like we're spinning the hair. We're playing as fast as possible. We're definitely fans of Slayer, and now we're going to do that. I call it the thrash metal whisper when it's not really me being loud and intense but i'm doing the voice with the inflection and that was enough back in the late 80s it sounds like a band that just went to the front of the stage played as fast as possible and got the fuck out of there but too many clean. cigarettes yeah <laughs> yeah it's it, it's got that like dry vocal you know that that really in your face we're gonna talk about the most horrible things imaginable uh and we're gonna scare you with our music and I think, I think really for the most part, if they had continued on with this style, they would be known as one of the most popular thrash bands 
of all time. They're great. Like it's it is absolutely a plus grade A material. And I I don't I like if they, like they could have put out nine of these and I would have been I would have been a hundred percent satisfied. Sign me up for that, please. Yeah, but that's not what they did. Nineteen eighty nine consuming impulse. This one was familiar to me. I've seen this album cover before. Maybe this is one of those obscure paintings and it just hit me that I've seen this before. But then the record kicked in and it was everything they did before kicked up to 11. We're going to play a little bit faster. We're going to make the music sound a little bit darker. The vocals are clearly more in the pocket. I'm not going to say they're great because (laughs) it's late 80s thrash vocals, guys. We're just going to do the thing as fast as possible. Read the fucking lyrics off the sheet. You're not listening to this if you're trying to impress everyone else at the party. This is put the cassette on the stereo, turn it up, and go fucking insane. And you know what? I'm down for it right now. This is like, okay, guys, we're living in a world now where Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy by Death exist, right? So what you get with this is like, okay, guys, we're going to we're gonna tune the guitars down a little bit. We're going to record with a much better budget. <laughs> so we're going to, we're sonically, all of the thinness that existed on the last record, and it's not the last record's fault. It was a thrash record. It's supposed to sound thin. It's supposed to sound kind of shitty, right? You know, th- this is, like Joe said, cranking everything up to 11, down-tuning the guitars, down-tuning the vocals even. Can you down-tune vocals? Let me just down-tune my vocal cords right now. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, but, I mean, that that's essentially what that's essentially what they did. They, they're going now for this being a mix of kind of that... I would say mostly a thrash sound. Like, riff-wise, it's still very thrash, but they're starting to get into that death metal pocket a little bit more where every now and again, the songs will just kind of cross the line into death metal and and i love seeing that because a lot of bands will do like a hard will do like a hard stop on a particular style and they'll go like you know like the one album will sound like thrash and the next one will just be like totally down tuned death metal uh looking at you living sacrifice uh you know i think that pestilence you, you see that transition happen almost in real time when you're listening to this record and to answer your question joe you saw this album cover at my house plenty of times uh, this was the Pestilence album that I was the most familiar with uh, going into this uh, because it was just a staple of of early death metal, and um, and I love it. I love because these guys. One of the things that we haven't talked about yet is that these guys can can actually play. You know, there there were a million thrash bands out there, uh, you know, back in the day uh, that were just essentially a bunch of kids trying to present their version of heavy metal to the world. Pestilence came into the game as if they had already mastered the art of metal riffing. So their actual songwriting chops are a cut above a lot of their contemporaries at this point. And um, even though I think that a lot of this is still very much the book that Death wrote, uh, I really, really liked the vocal change on this record uh, into that deeper, like, like Joe said, it's not exactly good because death metal vocals weren't like a perfected thing yet so it's like we'll just do the same thing with the voice that we did with the guitars (laughs) you know it's about being heavy it's not about being clean yeah it's about being heavy it's about being scary i mean the cover artwork you know we've talked about this already but like just a million fire ants crawling into every orifice of your face 
that's a good death metal album cover <laughs> right there. Like, take them off, Dad. Please take them off. Get them off me. Get them <laughs> off me. Oh my, oh, my God. They're in my mouth. You know, it's just, it's just absolutely, I would say most people that are listening to this episode right now already know about this album and we're ready to cut our throats if we said anything bad about it. And there really isn't anything bad to say. I think that from beginning to end, this is a very entertaining listen. The, the riffs are interesting. The the solos are interesting. Everything is everything is as it should be for this type of record. My only regret is that I haven't been listening to it since the day it came out. I think they absolutely killed it on this thing. It's absolutely one of the death metal staples to me now that I've listened to it in the context of this discography. The fact that I haven't listened to this band more is making me think they're one of the less mentioned bands when they should be mentioned more. I agree. I think that they don't get nearly enough credit. Uh, I think a lot of the American bands just get all the credit, you know, all the bands from Florida. And, you know, I know you guys are going to be like, you hypocrites. All you guys do is talk about how great those bands from Florida were uh, because <laughs> they were. I mean, they, they absolutely were. But, like, you know, um, if you look at, like, my obsession with with uh, early 90s Swedish death metal, you'll see that a lot of a lot of a lot of really good interesting death and thrash metal was coming out all over the world it was not a it was not a just a u.s thing and yeah pestilence is abs they, they are absolutely a cut above the rest this early into the career so it's interesting to me i'm gonna be honest i didn't even know uh i think it was after their album spheres which we'll get to in a little bit um, I just assumed that Pestilence broke up and that that was it. And I didn't even realize that there were a whole bunch of more albums that were released later on. Um, so to to say that this was an exciting listen through is a uh, quite an understatement because this one's an old favorite. And um, I think that uh, there's going to be some hardcore fans that are going to say it never got any better than this. Uh, and you, you're welcome to think that. I mean, I'm wrong about a lot of things, too. So it's it's totally fine. But I'm not wrong about this. These guys just get better and better. 1991, Testimony of the Ancients. So the true death metal has arrived now. Ladies and gentlemen, the true unpleasable death metal fan. Oh, I'm not unpleasable. I'm, this, is the, <laughs> this is the this is this is this is this is exactly the kind of pleasure I look for. Uh, this is I look okay. I <laughs> I loved Consuming Impulse. I, I did, and and I do. I still love that record. As do I. I. Li I like this record more, and it's because you know how I was mentioning like, oh man, these guys are such good players. They're cut above the rest. They're so good. They're this. They're that. They they brought me a a, a vanilla uh, milkshake the other day, and it was better than everyone else's vanilla milkshake. Uh, and I and and I believe that on this record they prove it. This is where we start sounding. I would say on, as far as like records I would compare it to, I would say it sounds a little bit like uh, like Death's Spiritual Healing. Um, different vocalist, not really, well, not really a different vocalist. Um, this was uh, basically Patrick uh, Mamelli, who is the most consistent member of the band. These guys change members like, like I change socks. Um, so, you know, once every two months. Uh, and they... Uh, he basically takes over as the main man. He played guitar on the last two records, but their original vocalist left the band uh, after consuming Impulse. So I think he steps into the vocal into the vocal booth really, really, really well. He sounds good. He's deep. He's guttural. He's got almost, I think, a better death metal growl. All the kind of traces of the thrash metal vocals are gone here. 
and we've gone full into just this deep guttural Chuck Schuldner ish type of uh, type of vocal. And uh, they, you know, they add keyboards into into this, which is cool. It's cool hearing keyboards in old school death metal. Um, and I get, I know that there's a lot of people that are like, all right, I'm turning this podcast off now and unsubscribing. <laughs> uh, keyboards have no place in death metal, uh, but they have a place here. I think it's cool. I think they make the song sound creepy. Uh, and haunting. It's a little cheesy listening to it now, you know, versus when it came out in 1991. It probably didn't kind of come across this way. It sounds a little cheesy in 2021, but I like it. I, I find it really enjoyable. And I like that the lead guitar work is a little bit more of a, mm, I, I don't know, it, it's like a little bit more technical, a little bit more melodic, a little bit more like, let's put some thought into this. And it's, it's that melody that actually makes this overall a much more um, catchy death metal album to listen to. It's 1991. You're hearing a death metal band who sounds like a death metal band. That's right. The drums are thin as fuck. They're blasting the vocals are very consistent. I would not know this was a different vocalist just buying the album and listening to it as a fan. The addition of keyboards. It's 1991. It was a controversial time. You can add these atmospheric elements, these symphonic elements that would normally cost hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to get actual musicians to play them. And now you can hire one guy to sit in the corner and make all the layers that you want. It just makes the music sound more epic. And it's something that long-term death metal would embrace. I mentioned Death Clock, the stereotype, the joke band, right? Everything that Brendan Small stole when he created that, some of that is here. The deep speaking vocals, almost like they're telling you the song, not growling the song at you. You have the more technical guitar playing, not because these are more complicated songs, but you can actually hear 100% of the notes they're playing. That tells me they spent more time writing these songs and gave more attention to the overall product. It sounds like the next step. We've gone up, and this is the third time we've moved up. I wouldn't necessarily put this on the same level as Death's Human because I feel like musically it's somewhere between spiritual healing and human, but it's pretty close. Same ballpark? <laughs> same ballpark, same idea. Same show. Same show. There it is. Yeah. Um, and I really... I mean, I think this is this is one of the finest death metal albums ever. I know, again, when a band starts off heavy, fast, intense, uh, and they put out two records of, of techie, thrash, death metal, uh, I know there's always going to be people that are going to be disappointed when the band starts going a little bit more melodic. But I think that you'd have to have your head in the sand to think when you're listening to this record that the band had sold out or gone soft uh, by any stretch. That, like, pound per pound, this is heavier than anything they've put out. <laughs> And this is, I mean, at least up till 1991, it's going to get way heavier in the 2000s. <laughs> uh, but I think that, like, this is absolutely the best path they, they could have followed, like, throughout. Like, this is, this is um, if you're going to be in a death metal band in the early 90s, you can either become obituary or you can become death. You want to become death because if you become obituary, that's fine. You're going to be heavy forever, but you're going to put out a whole bunch of records that sound essentially exactly the same. Uh, Pestilence had enough brains to go, no, we want to we want to keep pushing it. We want to push it. We want to see if we can make extreme metal into a uh, respectable uh, sort of sort of thing. And so you get long, extended out, beautiful solos and, and melodic uh melodic riffs but you still got your guttural death i'm gonna tell you what this song is 
uh, sort of commanding voice behind it. The entire package is just amazing. And um, I think if you're a fan of the old Pestilence, this might end up being when you get off the train. <laughs> but uh, if you stay on it a little bit more, you will have to significantly open your mind going forward. I see no reason to get off the train yet. It's time to move into 1993 Spheres. Oh, Spheres. Well, this is certainly the most divisive uh, Pestilence album. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Cynic. <laughs> we talked about uh, jazz fusion death metal, fretless bass, uh, amazingness, weird time signatures. Um, you know, when Gorguts uh, started doing stuff that was weird, we said it sounded like music made like, made by aliens. Uh, Spheres isn't quite like that. They don't they don't take it as far as uh, as Gorguts did, but. Uh, whereas like Gorguts went for the unmelodic, terrifying, cold vastness of space uh, sort of sort of angle, uh, which I love, but I'm very creeped out by. Um, Spheres is much more in line with what Cynic was doing, which is jazz influenced uh, technical death metal. It's it's always still weird to say, even though I've listened to tons of bands that do this. Uh, it's always weird to say it out loud. Yeah, I just listening to some like jazzy technical death metal, and people are like, "What?" And I'm like. Well, you take jazz, jazz is a little random, and technical death metal, by definition, is not supposed to be random. It's supposed to be very carefully calculated out. So how do you mix the two? You you do you do it by writing a record called Spheres and putting it out in 1993. This one, it's hard listening to this discography in one week to not put this one out as the weird choice record. I know it didn't come out at the same time the previous albums did. This is year five if you're a fan, but it's a drastic cosmetic change. You've got your guitars cranked. The mids are beyond Carrie King levels of my guitar sounds like me. And the bass, <laughs> while it's very clean, and that's one of the most important things when you're going to let somebody play the fucking bass, Everything else is kind of muddy. The drums are just there. It's not like they're part of the song. They're part of the background. This record at times sounds like a demo, but at other times sounds like they're trying to push the sound forward. I just wonder where the fucking low end is most of the time. Uh, there isn't one. Uh, so <laughs> like, this is <laughs> this is death metal, and you're right. Like like. It, compare the low end on this to the last record and you're like wait what happened guys did you did you get neutered or something like what happened here like something's wrong i don't mind it as much though um i kind of enjoy like the technical the technical kind of thrash elements that are here i know it's considered a progressive death metal record by like everybody so like before you go on some giant social media tirade about how oh, i don't know what i'm talking about um you'd be right in most instances but but you're not about this uh this is more like technical thrash metal in the vein of something like Believer. Uh, and so it's a, vocally, yes, it's got kind of death metal tendencies. And I know the band's widely considered to be a death metal band at this point, but I hear a kind of more techie thrash thrash record. Uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Believer's Dimensions record. Uh, I think it's actually better than that record. And please don't get mad at You know what? It's fine. Just get mad at me about that. Uh, but it is like... Uh, I really like what they were trying to do on this record. Do I think that it's the masterpiece that uh, that Focus by Cynic was? No, I think I think Cynic had a more unique vision 
than Pestilence did, but Pestilence was more like we're gonna try something really weird on this one, and we're gonna see we're gonna see how it comes out. I agree with you, Joe. The drums um, the drums do stand out on this record, but not in a particularly great way. <laughs> uh, it feels like the other the rest of the band are like virtuosos, and the drummers like I I signed up to be in a death metal band. <laughs> You know, and and he's like, well, we're going to slow it down here. We're going to go into this weird part of it. He's like, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to absolutely keep the beat, but don't expect any of that like weird, like Richard Christie stuff, you know, because you're not going to get it. It's one of those times I can hear what they were going for. I don't think the producer knew how to make it happen. And that's okay. It's 1993. This is one of the first examples you would have of a true progressive death metal band. Not the only one, but how many of these records were coming out in 1993 when Metallica was putting out the Black Album and grunge had already taken over? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be for your diehard fans of like Death and Cynic or Atheist. <laughs> you know, like the, that. those are the people that are going to be on board for this. But like from what I from the research that I did on this episode, because sometimes I like I like going and reading like old magazine reviews for some of these albums, not to like copy what they say, but just to kind of get an idea of like what the general consensus was around the release date. Right. And uh, people hated this album, man. <laughs> like they're like, what what the hell happened uh, to, to Pestilence here? Um, we I think it's just one of those things that like most fans of death metal we're gonna get into this when we end up talking about morgoth uh there's this certain sense of like spoilers I did the, yeah did the fans did the fans ask for this did anybody say you know it would be super dope if pestilence did like a cynic thing <laughs> or, or or did like an atheist thing um i don't think anybody asked for it but i i personally as a music fan and and i like talking about i like talking about bands that have very diverse discographies like good or bad um bands like napalm death and obituary are cool uh but like it's hard to go album by album with those bands whereas with pestilence this is just one of those like whoa where did this come from like this is this is totally alien to everything else that they've done before and so i i understand why fans and maybe music outlets at the time didn't really appreciate this <laughs> And looking back, it's something I think would be appreciated more by the Dream Theater crowd than the death metal crowd. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that crowd wasn't listening to death metal. Absolutely right? not. You know, and so I, and I think that's I think that's why you see, you know, we talked about it in the Cynic episode a little bit, how that wasn't very well received either. And we consider that record to be one of the most important records to the style now. And I think Spheres is kind of kind of in the same ballpark um i don't again i don't think it's quite as good but i do think that like i do think that it can be appreciated far more now in the modern day than maybe it was then because i could I, again i can i can i can sympathize with the hardcore fan that's like let's do this these guys you know like you've been telling your friends for years you know about this band you listen to called pestilence that's gonna rip your face off <laughs> you know and then and then they put this out and everybody's like is your music teacher in this band like <laughs> like what's what's going what's going on here um but it's cool i mean like the guitar synthesizers are cool you know and the jazz stuff's cool i like i like the way the record sounds i just don't think it's masterpiece level but i think for pestilence it was cool and i appreciate that they did many years go by Many years go by. So, yeah, the band breaks up and uh, essentially uh, I, and I know they even like I, I don't know. I, I wonder I 
the general consensus is that spheres kind of killed the momentum that they had uh which which absolutely sucks i mean like come on guys just be open-minded they probably wouldn't have stuck with this style forever or maybe they would have uh who knows it's impossible to know or maybe uh, it's 1993 and this music was not taking off in the mainstream and it was really hard to make a living at it yeah i mean they basically um according to the band they broke up after this record because they quote reached their creative climax i'm gonna leave that statement right where it's at on the table and uh you know move on but yeah i mean once that happened uh, the band members just kind of broke off and and went their separate ways and played in different bands um and it was funny because their main man patrick was all like yeah we're never gonna get the band back together that would be really difficult we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that we're gonna do that we're not gonna do that and then in 2008 they absolutely did that uh and i have to say that like i was i only heard this record for the first time like last week so bear with me here i was not expecting it to sound like this 2009 resurrection macabre all right well did you um, want brutal as hell swallow your fucking vocals death metal this week dan yeah, I mean, kind of like Spheres, it's not what I was asking for, but, like, <laughs> I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad that I got it. Like, there, there's two mindsets on this. Number one, the last album that this band released, be it a billion years ago, kind of, like, ruined them, <laughs> you know, to a certain degree. So anybody that was expecting them to come back with Spheres 2, like, that wasn't going to happen. I wouldn't have had any expectation of that either. But what I thought I was going to get was something that would have been like more like uh, like in the progressive style, at least, or, or have like little tinges of the band's progressive past. And instead, they're just like, hey, guys, you guys remember Consuming Impulse? Have you ever wondered, you ever wanted to know what that would have sounded like if it had come out like in the 2000s? Um, I didn't want and- to know that, but I'm glad you decided to tell me. Well, disclaimer. Uh, this record's near, nowhere near as good as Consuming Impulse, but <laughs> I will say, I, as a meathead metal fan, I appreciate that they came back swinging. This is guttural, down-tuned death metal, you know, um, grind you into the dust riffs, and uh, with, with all of the modern production value that 2009 will grant you. I don't always listen to death metal, but when I do... I appreciate that it's brutal as fuck for no reason other than it's 2009 and we're going to put out a new album and be heavier than we ever were by comparison, just on a production level. This is how you answer the question. What would those death metal bands sound like with modern production with more to work with than a four track tape machine and cassette tapes being traded on the underground scene. They would sound like this. And no, the vocals are not that good compared to what we've had since. But do you honestly care? (laughs) It's Resurrection Macabre by Pestilence. It's brutal. It's heavy as fuck. It came out at the perfect time when metal was starting to quite literally resurrect and throw this one on the pile as one of the most enjoyable listens I had this week. This was enjoyable, but it wasn't... I don't personally feel... This is what some random person on the internet thinks um, (laughs) about the choices (laughs) that you made. Uh, You know, so take that with however many grains of salt you need to take it with. But uh, 
I feel like this was not the best direction for them to take. I understand why they did it. We're going to come back. We're going to be heavy. We're going to be brutal. We're going to get all the kids excited. We're going to try to reach maybe new fans because I can promise you old school death metal fans are not a fan of this <laughs> are not, you know, they, they, they want you to go back and sound like you did back in the day, which I also understand is unrealistic. So what do you do? Um, this is absolutely awesome death metal, but it's not as awesome as like where death metal had gone since this band broke up. So like, this is not, this is not gonna, I'm not going to pick this over cattle decapitation or I'm not going to pick this over aborted, you know, <laughs> like absolutely just, not. But what this is, is fun. It is. It's very fun. It's a good record. I think it sounds like I'm ragging on it, uh, but I'm really not. I, I really think that like this was this was super. Th th this was the smartest decision that they could have made. I just think ultimately, with a band that has the potential that this band has for technicality and being progressive, I think it was a little bit of a wasted opportunity to try to reestablish a little bit of metal credibility. You know. Um, but I definitely wouldn't mess with these guys, <laughs> you know, so it's heavy. It's fun. It's in your face. And, uh, it's a, it's a death metal record. And anybody that had any doubts can put this on and be like, see, pestilence is back. And I mean, the good pestilence, the pestilence where they rip your face off and shove it in the toilet. You know, like it's, it's fun. 2011 doctrine. Ah, doctrine. One of my favorite things to talk about. I'm just kidding. I hate talking about doctrine. Um, Doctrine is interesting to me because it's actually heavier, I think, than Resurrection Macabre. Um, the drumming is absolutely off the chart better. Uh, we've got fretless bass going on in here, uh, which is nice. You get that element. So they're starting to they're start they're staying super brutal for the most part, but they're starting to introduce those technical elements back in. The only question I have is what dude was thinking when he did the vocals. <laughs> He sounds like an even more drunk version of Don Tardy from Obituary. <laughs> and I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out why. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the vocals he did on the last record was just, were just like, they hurt too much or something. I, I could understand that if you listen to those vocals. It could, it could hurt, especially if you haven't done it in a while. Uh, this record is more pestilence to me. It's more of that, like, we're going to play death metal, but we're going to add in all these kind of more proggy, techie elements. And um, I think overall, the impression it left on me was a more positive one. I think you're being very generous to these vocals. Because <laughs> this is not what anybody signed up for anytime they're listening to death metal or pestilence <laughs> or whatever they've been listening to for the past 23 years if you're a fan of this band when the record kicks off i tried to tell myself this was a creative decision like they were going to do some progressive death metal concept record about doctrine and he was actually trying to tell me a story and these vocals would not persist through the rest of the album i thought we were going to have a candiria situation where the actual vocalist shows up at one point and I kept waiting for that payoff and it never fucking came. <laughs> I mean, I did. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> you can't listen to this record and forget the first sound he makes. That, <laughs> just throw it out the window. We're done with that. You could have skipped the... You think uh, this was the producer's taking a piss moment uh, on the record? <laughs> like, yeah, no, you know, guys, go ahead and keep going. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be right back. You know, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am being generous with the vocals because, in my opinion, in death metal, the vocals don't have to technically be good. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there, there's that caveat there. But yeah, he he sounds like he sounds like Don Tardy from <laughs> from Obituary, but not in a good way. It's not like in a super super bad way. Like I think for the most part, it gets away with it. But you're right, that one sound at the very beginning, I was like, what is going on right now? Do they? I mean, you could have just gone into Pro Tools and just like highlighted it and hit the delete button and just let it go. You know, <laughs> like it, pr- it probably it probably would have been okay. I I think. But uh, yeah, so. I think musically, though, this is much more in line with the pestilence that we kind of know. This is more kind of gives gives that old school vibe of like, we're going to be real heavy, but we're going to throw in some like techie, you know, more proggy parts. Um, because as much trash as we talk on the vocals and, and saying, you know, oh, it's not as good as old pestilence. I have to reiterate that this band musically is a cut above a lot of death metal bands. And I didn't think that they were in the... I, I didn't think that... I don't think that they've built up to the proc greatness that they had once achieved. But I think they're kind of going back into that direction and they're exploring more what makes Pestilence uh, interesting to listeners. And so I like it. Oh, Overall, I like it. I think this is, this is more in line with their actual sound. Um, could have done with better vocals, sure. But uh, I think overall, they, they still blew a lot of death metal bands out of the water this year. And I didn't feel that way about the last release. So I think that really they're on an upward swing here. I'm trying to ignore the sounds that the vocals are making because the music is really good. It's interesting, progressive, heavy guitar playing. But this one, it's a bit of a shock to the senses. And maybe what I need to do is stop listening to this band and then come back to this record by itself and see what the end result is. But I have a feeling it's going to be the same because I know it's coming. And that, at least for me, doesn't work, guys. You, you should have gone back to the drawing board on this one and said, no, that's not okay. But maybe they did this so long that they just didn't care. Maybe everybody I, went I in think- the studio and said, this is fine. I think it's more that it was done by a vocalist who basically, I mean, I hate to keep using this term to describe bands, but you've got a front man that plays guitar and sings and basically is the band uh, and has had tons and tons of other band members in and out. So I think it's more of a question of like, yep, this is what I'm going to do on this record. And uh, if you guys say anything about it, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And I also understand that he was trying not to do generic death metal vocals, but what he came up with, I don't know, maybe should have just done a couple more drafts. Anyway, that's enough crapping on the vocals but um it's about to get better don't worry 2013 obsidio i gotta say this is what i'm talking about (laughs) uh more technical more proggy vocals are for lack of a better term fixed (laughs) from the last record um this is a pummeling technical proggy death metal album in my humble opinion uh, it's not up its own ass, you know, uh, Prague. It's very in the pocket. This is, again, this record and the last one, I feel like, are, are the most pestilent-sounding things I've heard since the 90s material. This is take the band that knows how to play fast and has the technical skill and let them go a 1,000 miles per hour and see what comes out of it. This might be the band that we were waiting for when they put out Resurrection Macabre. Because it sounds 2013 dirty. Everything is just mixed, dingy, and it doesn't sound clean. And that's okay. 
the vocals are back to their original can i say luster when i'm talking about pestilence vocals oh you could say luster absolutely <laughs> it's a great word which tells me that it's just a production choice um sorry about everything i said in the last album guys because you're still doing the damn thing it just sounds like swallowing vocals again and that's what you want when you're listening to this kind of death metal so is it better than the previous i don't think so it's just a little different it's the band progressing in their songwriting and doing the next thing that makes sense to them better than the previous of course but not necessarily better than anything else you've heard up till this point when we were talking about uh, Resurrection Macabre, you know, I talked about how like this doesn't really stand toe to toe with other death metal bands, you know, that were popular at the time. Are death metal bands popular? We'll, we'll revisit that at some point. <laughs> uh, but they, they were definitely they didn't hold a candle to what other bands were doing at the time that were maybe newer, a little bit fresher, uh, a little bit more steeped in modern uh, sort of things. Uh, so what they did is they put out like just kind of a super heavy record that didn't really stand out from the rest. Uh, by the time we get to Obsidio, you've got a record that stands toe-to-toe with the other bands that are coming out at the time. No, it's not the most brutal record that came out that year. Uh, it's not, you know, there's always going to be somebody heavier. But this is the band leaning into their strengths of writing catchy, interesting, melodic, technical music. And they do it really, really well with a vocal style that matches the extremity of the music. Um, occasional blasts of intensity mixed with like cold, calculated, technical, melodic riffs. These guys absolutely are kind of in in a certain sense back to where they were pre-Spheres with the exception of being like, well, those other records are classic and these maybe aren't classic yet, but uh, I think that they're kind of back to what their potential is on this record. Have we gotten to the point in the discography where you can pick and choose which album you're listening to? I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh what i about yeah i mean they're kind of on a they're kind of on a on a path that i feel like started with doctrine and essentially they're still on now whereas i think that while these out spoilers these albums that we're going to talk about coming up i don't necessarily think are significantly different uh from one another but are still like recommended and enjoyable if that makes sense I don't think this is like a Nile situation where I think I said something along the lines of this band is uh, where I said, you know, you only have to have one album by this band. Uh, I don't think that's true of Pestilence. I think that you need maybe you don't have to necessarily own everything, uh, but I think that, you know, you have to own Consuming Impulse. (laughs) You know, you have to own uh, Testimony of the Ancients. You have to own Spheres and you can just pick from Doctrine, Obsidio, Hayden or Exitivim however you say that name. Um, But I think that there is nothing that I can be critical of when a band is just trying to create a solid body of work this late into their career. 2018, Hadean. Oh, Hadean. This record, I'm not going to lie to you, Joe. I just love it, man. (laughs) I don't Um, know that you can have a breath of fresh air as many times as this band has had a breath of fresh air. I think this is one of the times we have to say you're not supposed to listen to all these albums at once like we do, guys. But if you're the kind of person that's going to go out and listen to an entire discography, this is one of the times you're going to turn it up just a little bit louder. And that's okay, Dude, this is amazing. Like, and I I had such a good time here. And maybe I'm just easy to please, right? Because like those dudes over on Metal Archives hate all of these albums. Uh, and And I'm not sure why. I think it has something to do with the fact that 
they did a thing on consuming impulse that I really liked and they haven't ever done it again since then and I'm I'm upset about it and I'm crying I'm crying into the <laughs> internet about it. Um I think that they are doing awesome here. And I got to say I really love that these are proggy death metal albums that I can still headbang to. I'm not necessarily tape been being taken on a spheres journey where they're like now let's project ourselves astrally to the next plane and do all this weird stuff. Oh this shit, is take still, the bass out, take the bass out. Yeah. This is still this is still just straight up like in your face death metal. And I like that. I like you know the reason I like death so much. I always talk how much I love uh, how, why I love death so much is because death always kept it metal while incorporating all of these more progressive elements into their sound. And Pestilence is still doing that for me now, today. And um and I, I appreciate that. I, I like that this can be a this can be kind of a proggy techie death metal album and only be 39 minutes instead of being some 78 minute record that I've got to like digest over a matter of weeks. Um, they can get in and get out. I can listen to it for the show and be like, dude, that was really, really enjoyable. And I can actually be excited about talking about this. Um, is it that different than their other music? No, but I think that at this point, this band in their later half of their career has been more consistent, arguably, than they were in the first half of their career. For the classic albums, the albums that everybody loves, um, we don't give the we don't give a band we don't give bands awards on the show. But if we did, we would give them the same award we gave on Napalm Death and say that Pestilence is still killing it now. The first two minutes gave me flashbacks to Nile. They started off with this strange, atmospheric, Celtic-sounding music that I know was just setting me up for the brutality, and then they brought the brutality. So I got exactly what I wanted. You have two minutes to breathe before we destroy you. And then that perfect blend of old-school, new-school pestilence just showed up. You're getting a little bit more technicality, a little less death metal, but it's not Sphere's level of we're going to crank the mids and see what happens here. I dare say I can hear what everybody's doing. And for the most part, you can understand the death metal vocals. So this might be the perfect album for what is Pestilence. Yeah, I know they started in one place and they ended in another, but this is what the band is about when they're not resurrecting themselves from nothing. I agree. I think that they absolutely killed it on this record. And um, it does beg the question of like, can they do this again? Or can they be, as, as you said, Joe, can they do the breath of fresh air again? Not very many bands can do it, but I'm going to spoil it for you. They can. 2021 Exitive. Were you expecting this band to start incorporating their thrash elements back into their sound? I wasn't even expecting this band to put an album out this year. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, this thing snuck up on me. I remember seeing a video and being like, oh, that's a great Pestilence song. What album was that on? Oh, it's coming on a new album that I haven't heard yet. Okay, <laughs> let's play ball. Um, and yeah, and I remember telling you, Joe, we need to get this on the Patreon calendar. And then Joe was like, why don't we just talk about the band? And I was like, we can do that too. Uh, Wait a second. Is this RBI baseball play ball or MLB 2K, whatever year it is, play ball? I don't play baseball games. RBI baseball. Got it. So you, so you decide. <laughs> uh, this record is interesting. And I know like this is kind of a trend of ours to say on the band's last record, this one Absolutely incorporates everything the band's ever done up to this point. 
But I mean, it kind of does, right? It kind like, of has to. It's the last record in the discography as now. of today. Twenty twenty two. Here we come. Uh, no, I. This thing's awesome. I mean, the, the I love hearing them throwing the thrash metal riffs into the death metal mix. I think that's one of the things that made Consuming Impulse so good was that mixture of death and thrash metal. And it's cool seeing them kind of come back kind of to that. Um, vocals also have kind of gone more in the thrash direction. Um, and he never went back to doing those super annoying vocals. So it's like, okay, he's not doing the guttural death thing all the time. Uh, he does kind of more of the shouting thing, but it like reminds me a lot of like individual thought patterns era Chuck Schuldner. Uh, and that's a good thing for me to be hearing on a new record in 2021. Um, it's melodic. You can hear the bass. How do you like hearing that bass, you know, rumbling through the whole thing? Um, it's a good record. And I wish I had, I wish I had more time to spend with it because, and I, and I will, I mean, I technically have the rest of my life to listen to the record as many times as I choose. But, uh, I think this is one of the, I think this is one of their best. And I think it's their best up to this point in the two thousands era. I think the only thing that diehard fans would want this record to do differently is to give me that swallowing your throat vocal sound that started with this band and came back in 2009 but these are not the same vocals that they tried on doctrine this is a more modern sounding band in every way except they're playing technical progressive sounding death metal from the early 90s so what you have is a band that has today's production i think i'm actually hearing the band play i don't hear a produced band i don't hear a band that built songs in a studio i hear this is what you're going to hear if you go see the band live and i think that's the most important thing when you even mention the word technical i don't want to believe i'm going to go see this band play live and i'm not going to get this experience so every layer of this album sound pays for itself in the long run. You get heavy death metal vocals. They don't sound like 37 layers of modern metal. They sound like a dude with a microphone who has something he wants to bark at you. And that's exactly what you signed up for. If the band continues in this direction, you're going to have one of the best death metal bands of all time, not just technical death metal. Sorry. <laughs> Had a horrible pain in my side there for a second. I think that these guys are a band that, you know, we hear a lot of people complaining about like, oh, I wish death was still around. And I wish that, um, you know, I, I wish that Cynic was still around. I mean, Cynic is still kind of still around. Um, but like people wanting this type of music, like crying out for like, you know, this, this technical but equally heavy metal. And Pestilence is over here like doing it better than I think a lot of people have been doing it for a long time and uh i can't wait to i can't wait to see what's next i hope that you know i hope we don't have another breakup and they don't come back in 10 years and suck or something like that um i think these guys are poised to finally get their due as far as being a band that everybody should remember fondly would that be your final thought i would say so i mean i'll, I'll add a little bit to it because i you know i like to talk um, you know, I think Pestilence is, is, is one of those bands that doesn't get recognized enough for doing this style of music. Um, I think like any band that has nine records out, there's going to be a couple of stinkers here and there. But I think even their stinkers are better than a lot of bands like Best Work. So uh, I'm a big fan of Pestilence, and I think that you should be too. Let's be friends.
I think Pestilence is one of the most surprising technical death metal bands I've heard in a long time. They're that band that has been around the whole time who has been trying to do something different in the genre, but still sticking with the death metal roots most of the time. So if you're a fan of progressive metal anything, Pestilence is a band you should be listening to because they're going to be heavy when you want them to be, and they're going to challenge you as a listener when you're not expecting it. I think you can definitely pick your favorite records, and that's okay. But even the times where they step to the left a little bit, you should stop and listen and see what's going on. It might be worth the journey because the destination is still paying off even today. Dan, what's your album of the week? Uh, for whatever reason, I've been listening to Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child by Norma Jean a lot because uh, I may or may not have pre-ordered the double vinyl version that was just released that I won't get until next year. Like, I won't get it for so long that, like, I'll have forgotten that I ordered it by the time I get it. For me, it's a recommendation that came from Discord. Thank you, David Cole. Separatist. Closure. Ah, yes, that was a good one. You want some fucking brutality in your life? This band has waveforms that do not peak in Valley. It's 100% oh brutal all the time. And last time I checked, the discography was a free download on Bandcamp. So there you go. You're welcome. To quote you, you have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Take us out, DFT. If you guys like this podcast and you want to give us some kind of feedback on how we're doing, what episodes you liked, what episodes you absolutely did not like, uh, let us know. You can do that in a lot of different ways. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal or on Instagram also at Discuss Metal. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can hang out with us on our Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you right to Discord where we're hanging out and chatting all the time, sharing memes, giving band recommendations, and just generally being as immature as possible in the memes section. If you want some sweet discography discussion merch, you can head over to our Teespring store where you can order t-shirts, hoodies, socks, cell phone covers, whatever you want with our logo all over it. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you there. And we hope that you guys are nice and warm as it gets colder outside. And on that note, this has been episode 244 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you're not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Hey, Joe, can I have some money? One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Fear, the truth walks by our side.